Like what keeps you in the game right Man, now? Man, what is keeps it, is that the passion the piece? It's the a, game. A, yeah. the, the, but more importantly than the game, the people. Yeah. I am You're a people you, person. As you know, I'm I'm a culture guy. Yeah. Right. And for me, the most important thing is to build people. Nothing brings me more joy or passion than seeing people grow and build and develop. That goes for my family, for my church, my business. Like, dude, that jacks me up. And it just so happens that I make money doing. It has to work where it has to work. Welcome to the Circle of Greatness Show. I'm your host, Nehemiah Davis, and I'm excited about this episode. As you can see, every episode or show is getting better and better and better and better. And today, man, I got my guy, Chris Lee, coming on the show, and I'm going to literally have him share how his company produced over $233 million in a single year, and he's going to talk about something that no one is talking about. And that is company culture. And not only how not only how they was able to produce that as the founder of Sojin, but how he had not one, but two non-figure exits. So I'm so excited to hear about how he's crushed it and how he's winning in business and in life. Without further ado, my guest, Chris Lee. What up, bro? What's up, man? Good to hey, be here. Man, thank you for taking time out on your schedule to come on the show, man. Yeah, how, how's everything with you, man? Man, enjoying Atlanta. Yeah. Cool yeah, spot. Good. Never never really spent any time here. Good. You good. know, I've only really been uh, at the airport, which good. Well, we got to change that, bro. We got to change so, that, man. It's good. It's man, good. one of the things, bro, that we really got me and I want to talk about your exits, how to be exit ready. I want to talk about the culture, but I feel as though every most entrepreneurs are neglecting the culture piece. And you talked about how you're able to produce 230 plus million in a given year, and you attribute a huge amount of that to the culture and, and pretty much all and loving, yeah, all up and loving on your people. I want you to walk me through that. Tell how, like how. Yeah, man. So I had a mentor. Uh, actually, several mentors that that taught me a lot about culture. Yeah. Right. And so, um, my very first business I built was an ultimate failure. Filed bankruptcy, lost everything, all that, all that good stuff. And uh, how do you bounce back from that? I'm sorry, I just because man, how do you bounce back from that? Well, I made a decision that uh, I still wanted to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, dude, there's there's a lot that goes into that story. Bouncing back, yeah. uh, you know, several years of building small businesses, not scaling, being scared to scale, being being scared of everything that took us under debt, all that stuff. And so um, ultimately really what brought me back to bounce back is, is so I built a few small companies, sold those off. And then I actually went back to work for the man. And uh, I spent four and a half years specifically with the intent to study high growth CEOs and what they were doing. Mm. And so um, for four, over four and a half years, I worked at three different companies. And I experienced two different IPOs at those companies. Wow. And so I saw some crazy things happening. And, you know, when I'm sitting in the, the boardroom or, or in an office or a big uh, conference, company conference or whatnot, I'm not asking myself, like, what is this guy saying to me? I'm asking, why is this guy saying this? Mm. Right. And, and so really studying these guys and the way that they were creating these businesses by design. And um, a mentor of mine, he, he, he taught me that, you know, culture comes and goes two different ways. It either is, is by design or by default, mm. right? And most people are creating, creating culture by default. Yeah, right? I'm it one just, of them. I'm working on it now, right, though. <laughs> right. It's just, it just whatever happens, right? Like mm. on a good day, it's good. On a bad day, it's bad. Yep. And really no process, no procedure, no, no intention, 
of, of creating that culture. And so that really stuck with me. And so over the years, as I was studying these different CEOs, I was like, okay, what are they purposely doing to create this amazing culture? Because typically culture is, is what we feel, right? Everybody can feel a great culture and everyone can feel a bad culture, but they can't necessarily put their finger on why is it great? Yeah. Why is it bad? What right. it, and so, so I've really dedicated my life to studying why great cultures are the way they are. Okay. And so when I ultimately launched my business out of my garage, from day one, I was building culture by design and not by default. Mm. And so, in fact, I, I actually uh, just released a, a little ebook, 36-page ebook. It's got some graphics and stuff. It's called The Founder's Guide to Culture. Yeah. And, and it's an 11-step process of how you create great culture. And so um, anybody that's looking for that, it's on my Instagram links. But um, just to talk a little bit about that. Uh, and I want to know, if, I don't know if you can, I want you to talk about how, but I need, I'm, I've been building mine by default. How do I refix it? Right. I don't know if you could touch on that. Yeah, yeah no, and that's too, what I'm going to go to. I I'll, I'll go through kind of like some of the steps. Yeah, like, let's do that. So first off is, is understanding that culture is the way we treat each other, the language, the common language that we use, the vision of the founder of the visionary aligning people with that vision, consistently bringing them back. As CEOs, we're really the chief energy officers, right? Like we are pushing the energy in the business. And so like having a game plan on how you create that energy. So like, for example, uh, you gotta have ways to recognize your people consistently that creates energy. You have to have a vision and a mission statement, right? Like what's the vision? What's the direction that this business, like for me, it's always about preaching the five-year vision of the business. Mm. Where are we going to be five years from now? And starting there and, and preaching it to people. So like when I launched Soulgen out of my garage, which ultimately led to a nine-figure exit and 1,300 employees in five and a half years. Wow. Um, you know, day one, we're, so my garage was, was not your typical garage. I had a 3,500 square foot shop, 400 square feet was finished. The rest was unfinished. Those little 400 square feet is where we launched. We had, we had some old, uh, you know, desks from, from a company, from my first company that went out of business. We had thrown them in there and we're like, let's go. And like day one, I'm preaching vision. I'm like, Hey, in five years, we're going to be the largest solar provider in the nation, right? Mm. Like this, wow. this is what I'm telling people. And people are like, really? After like, the failure, but this, still with yeah. that belief that this was going to happen. Absolutely. And, yeah. and, you know, when I worked for other companies for four and a half years, I saw and created a lot of cool things. Like one of them was I helped a buddy actually start a business. And he started and I was his vice president of, of uh, human capital, which my job was to create culture and to recruit incredible sales uh, org. And so, you know, we built that to 28 locations in two years. Wow. So I saw what was possible, right? And so then going and doing it on my own, I'm preaching this from day one. I'm just like, dude, this is the vision. We're going to have 500 employees in five years. That was, that was my yeah. vision, right? Yeah. Ended up wow. being 1,300. Wow. But I came out with 500. Mm -hmm. People thought I was crazy, yeah. right? And, and that's the thing with, with uh, building culture is like initially – when you are revamping it or creating it from, from the start, people are going to think you're crazy. Yeah. And unless you're consistent at it, 
you will never create that culture, right? And so it's real. It's really easy to give up on consistency when the reception isn't good. Mm, you, that's you, good. you know that's what good. I mean? Yeah. Like so, when you, when you decide to go and do something that's that's crazy in the business, unless you're consistently doing it, that first time you do it doesn't have any impact on the business. Yeah. Like for example, if I'm preaching the vision of, dude, we are going to have 500 employees. This is the roadmap. This is how we get there. This is the org chart that's going to exist when we have 500 employees. This is how all of you fit in. Now with six people, you're gonna wear 150 hats. You're gonna wear 150 hats. This is where we're gonna go. We're gonna do this many hundreds of millions of dollars and so on. Like. And I have to be consistent with that vision, right? So, and then having a mission, like why do we want to go and create and, and accomplish that vision, right? For, for me, it was building a brighter future for our people. Our people are our employees and our customers, developing those people. So letting people know that this is our vision and our, our mission, and that mission is where we center every decision it's used in the tagline on our emails. It's on our walls. We talk about it on a weekly basis. What, what was the tag? Like, what was that? Building a brighter future for our people. Got it. Building right? a brighter future. Yeah, everybody needs to know. Everybody, that. everybody knows our customers. It's on yeah, our trucks. It's a and it, but it but it's not just there on the wall. It's consistently reminded. It's talked about in meetings. Like, hey, what are we doing to build a brighter future for our people? But more importantly. Mm. The core values that are underneath that, right? So you have the you have the mission statement and you have your core values. Every company has to have anywhere from three to seven core values. Yeah. And they have to, you have to hire, fire, and recognize on your core values. Yeah. Okay. And so for us, our core values were an acronym of our name, Solgen, S-O-L-G-E-N, synergy, outside the box, love of family, generosity, excellence, and no excuses. Mm. Okay. So, and then way it worked was when you're sitting down and you're interviewing somebody, you're, you're thinking, okay, does this person match up and line up with all of those core values? And yeah. you do an interview around those core values. Okay. Yeah. What does family mean to you? What is excellence? Like, tell me a time that you had no excuses, right? Like, good. You know, how do you exemplify thinking outside of the box? How, how have you worked previously in a synergistic relationship? Right. So like, that's how you hire that's how you fire. If somebody's not lining up, you do their quarterly check-ins and they're, they're failing on any of these core values. Guess what? They're out. You recognize. So like some of the things that we would do on, on a weekly basis would, would be like, hey, this week, the core value focus is love of family. Please mm. submit examples. I mean, this is when I had a thousand employees, right? Wow. Submit examples of people showing love of family right? How they love their Solgen family and how they love their own personal family this week. And then we'd get all these examples pouring in and then we'd select and we would recognize that person to the whole company. We would get them, give them some sort of incentive. Hey, this is, you know, this is a gift for you being a core value. And then on quarterly meetings at yearly meetings, we're giving out trophies for people that are exemplifying the core values. Hey, this is this person's the the core value of excellence award. This is how they've shown excellence over the last year, right? And so, like that's like the basics of starting. And that's basic. And These that sound that sound fired. I'm like, if <laughs> I implement all of this, I can see like I got some of it, but to this level, I feel like I already can see a shift and a, a difference. Let me ask you this, just so I don't want to go to. Can you hire a person to be head of culture? No. I'm, okay, so chief. Energy officer, chief culture officer. That, chief, that, chief is, that is you. That is you as the founder. Okay. You, right. it, can you hire somebody that can help you? 
Yeah, okay. Absolutely. Because some of it sound like HR. It sound like some of it. How does. am I running the business and running the culture? Like, how do you? So first tell of me all, how do? Because I'm like, I'm the marketer. I'm like the CMO, but mm -hmm. now I'm the CEO. Mm -hmm. Now you say I got to become the culture CEO. Yes. How do I manage all of these? Okay. Right so now, first bro? of all, you need to be hiring out the rest of that. the The main role and responsibility is you are the chief energy evangelist, culture officer as the guy, right? Now you can do these other things, but as you grow, then you replace those other things, mm. but you never give up that baby completely Got it. because okay. you are the visionary. You are the one that's saying, hey, we're taking this thing to the moon. And the only way that we're taking to the moon is if you believe it. Yeah. Right. Like if I'm hiring somebody else to believe it and I don't believe it myself, yeah. you know, and uh, I'm, I'm not sure. Are you, are you familiar with what uh, Ed Milet says about being an evangelist? I hired him for one of my events. So, OK, I, I can't recall. I'm, I'm familiar with it. But so this, I, this, I is, my, this is my, my favorite, my favorite thing. Our job, once again, as a CEO or even as a salesperson is is to be an evangelist mm -hmm. and an evangelist doesn't get other people to believe, right? An evangelist gets other people to believe that they believe, right? And so this is what I mean by that. Yeah, my that job, down, my job is to believe so much that it gets people to believe that I believe in where we're going. I don't need this person to believe that we're going to 500 employees. I don't yeah. need them to believe that we're going to be the biggest solar company, but I need them to believe that I believe that we're going there. Mm. And so, because I need you to believe in me, I need you to believe in the vision that I believe, not believe in me, yeah, believe that yeah. I believe, yeah. right? Because, because if you show doubt as the CEO uh, in this, in this particular vision, guess what? They're jumping ship. Yeah. Like they, they don't want to be a part of somebody that's wobbling, uncertainty, right? Yeah. And so like that's why you as a CEO have to have so much level of confidence, so much energy, so much direction towards your vision that they don't net, like I said, they don't need to share that. They need to just believe that you believe it. Mm. And that's like that is the core to a great culture, right? And so then then what you're talking about, you do things on a consistent basis. Like one of, one of the things I did from the very beginning of building Soulgen was I would walk in, I would walk in the door, and I would say good morning. I'd yell good morning, and I would get everybody a high five. Good morning, good morning, good morning. And it sounds like something so small, but as my, everybody you see, everybody that worked at that building. Got it. I would, and and ultimately- that, How long that took? That sounded like 20, 30 minutes. Man, initially, mm -hmm. when there's six people, it took two seconds. Two seconds, yeah. Right? But when there was 300 people working at my corporate headquarters, Sorry. you're good, 300. Guess what? It took an hour every day. Wow. An hour. But man, that was my sacred time that I got to go and connect with my people. And they began to expect it. And every when somebody was new hired and they would, they would show up, and I'd be like, hey, good morning. I put my hand up and they'd be like, they, like, what, what's going on? And they like casually give me a high five. Yeah. And then they would see everybody like be excited about giving me yeah. a high five. Then sooner or later, like two weeks in or whatnot, they're into it or whatnot. And if I ever like showed up late to work or like was in a hurry to do something, people would be like, they're waiting for me, man. That, that was like part of our culture of like, they're like, the CEO loves me. 
The CEO believes in me. The CEO like wants more from me than just to make a paycheck and be, do his busy work and everything else, right? I would connect with those people, ask them about the kids, ask them about what's going on, kissing babies, all this, all this stuff, right? Do an hour. And so that's like, that was like the the basics of some of the things. But then it's it's like creating healthy competition, mm. right? Talk to me about that. Creating, creating healthy creating healthy competition. Like people work for way more than money. Yeah. Right. And and so one of the biggest drivers of production is recognition. Mm. And it doesn't even have to be with money or prizes or anything else. Man, I there's been points in my career where I would die to win and all I'd get was like a hat, you know, uh, for, for making it happen. And so like creating, creating healthy ways that people are constantly, uh, you know, especially in like a sales environment, right? If you're selling any type of product or service, right? Creating healthy competitions that properly motivate every single person you're coming out and, you know, for our operations, some of those people, there wasn't necessarily things we could do to compete, but guess what? We'd still do fun things. Like every Friday, we'd do bingo Friday. Mm. We'd get together, and we'd have a couple hundred dollars worth of incentives. We'd yeah. play bingo, or randomly— Is this during lunch or during any time? No, we do, we do it every Friday afternoon. Got it, okay. And, and, and that's the other thing is, like, allow people to have fun, yeah. right? How you do it virtually? How do you do a virtual? You got people all over the world. Man, you you've got you got to figure you got to figure you got to be more creative, got dude. It. I would give virtual high fives. Got it. You know, yeah. I, I would yeah. I would like get on my computer and like yeah. give a high you five zoom. across. Yeah. But you know, there's there's a lot of different ways. Uh, uh, there's a there's a website I can give it to you. It's like spinthewheel. I do that every Monday. So yeah. one of the things we do every Monday, we recognize somebody for the week, and they win something, an right. iPhone, a hat, or yep. like. Starbucks. So yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of a lot of these different ways. And you know, we we created games that that anytime we would do a, a uh so we do what's called a Monday check-in, yep. right? Where it was an all hands, 15 minutes, everybody gets together and we recognize the top performers from every every single department. Department, okay. Right? Like, hey, they pulled this many permits this week, they did this many leads, they yep. created this many sales, mm. this many installs, and you're you're recognizing the top performers from each mm. and you're doing things like, all right, give me two clap, and everybody's clapping yeah. together, right? Boom! Yeah, yeah you do two clap, yeah. boom, two yeah. clap. We we yeah. love to do the two clap Ric Flair. Oh, yeah, I got to write this Woo! down, bro. Yeah, I like this. And so, like, creating... Mm. So, a culture is the way that you interact, right? Like, the common language, the common things. Like, when somebody's recognized, you'd always, you always wind up with the two clap, right? And so, now it's like a feeling and emotion. It's like, man, it's really cool. It's hip to be a part of this. Right. And it, it's something different than these people have ever experienced in their life. Yeah. And initially they're going to feel weird every time they, that somebody comes in. But what happens is it creates this energy. And the reality is, is you know, this like each one of us are a ball of energy. Yeah. Right. Like we, we have different waves coming off of us. We have gut feelings based off of energy. And so literally as you're creating this vibe within your organization, I'm a big fan. Of, so it sounds like you do a lot of virtual stuff. Yes. Our whole company is pretty much virtual. Well, first of all, that sucks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> second of all, you got to you got to figure it out. Right. Like there's there's ways to get more creative. You you. You're a huge component of in-person, right? I love in-person. In yeah. fact, almost everybody- Is that where everybody in Washington? Are they in um, Washington? Well, 
there, it's impossible to have everybody in Washington. Yeah. So we have our headquarters, yeah. right? Actually, we have three headquarters now that uh, that we've expanded. But um, we we have our headquarters. But then you have all of our warehouses with our technicians yep. that are doing work and stuff. So you can't have all those guys together. But like our sales, which I think are your salespeople are your biggest driver of culture because those guys are like thriving on on producing more revenue for the business, yeah. right? So. I had a chance to be able to build a virtual sales floor, but I said, heck no, we're going to do it here. And if people wanted to ever sell for us, they would reach out, hey, do you do virtual? I'm like, no, you're moving here. Mm. And we would have, I don't know, probably 15% of our sales floor moved from out of state to come work for us. Hey, what's up? You're looking at this video because you are enjoying the episode. What I need you to do right now, I need you to like, subscribe, and share this episode below. I'm not gonna ask you for anything on this episode other than share this with a friend. My goal is literally for this to be one of the most impactful, one of the most powerful podcasts there are that moves people into action and takes people from where they are to where they wanna be. And one other favorite I wanna ask, can you leave in the comments below at least two to three different comments on your biggest takeaways, which you're loving the most, and one thing that you're gonna do to push yourself closer to your goals and your dreams. So again, Thank you so much for tapping in. Get back to the episode. But because what happens is in an in-person environment, somebody comes in for an interview, they can literally feel the energy that has been created in that environment. Yeah. Like that energy lasts. It exuberates uh, as, as people are interacting. And so once again, there's ways to get, do it virtually. I'm not the best virtual. I love in person, but you can do it, right? So, you know, one of the things I run a, I run a coaching program, a mentorship for founders, and we do a once or three times a month call. And at the beginning of the call, I make them do weird crap, yeah. right? Like, I'm like, all right, everybody stand up. We're going to do a slow clap. And I know it's going to feel weird because you're the only person clapping on your end, but yep. we're doing it, yep. right? And this is what we this is what we do. Oh, and then we're going to do a little Tony Robbins change of state. You're going to smack your kidneys or we're going to do this, that, or the other. That culture is important, huh, bro? I got to get on top of it. It's the most, most important thing you can do. No one talks about it, though. I know, because nobody knows how to talk about it. Yeah, that's a fact. So, yeah, man, you you know, we, we do just awkward, interesting stuff at the beginning, right? Like we, we get up, we, we do breathing exercises virtually, right? Yeah. Like there, there's so many things. And, and the key is to get people out of their normal habitat, right? Out of their normal comfort zone, because there is, there is culture created in the uncomfortable, yeah. right? Because, because then it sticks as a marker in their mind it's, I only do this at work. I only do this with this group of people. And so this is how we bond. This is how we do things, right? So, bro, I'm going to be honest, bro. I got to stop you for a moment just to really say thank you. And what I, I'm going to be honest with you, and this is just being transparent. Somebody might say, you don't care about coke. I didn't know it was this important. And I often thought that I have HR doing certain things. Hey, do this. Let's do all this. But I, I'm hearing more and more, I got to be the driver of those things. I don't got to do the tasks per se. I don't got to right. go order an Amazon gift card, but I need to be the driver. But I got another question for you because you mentioned sales is a huge part of our business as well, right? They may attribute to 20 to 30% from the sales team of the revenue of what they produce outside of what we produce, right? Um, but recognition now, I need to be having... Uh, more conversations with my sales manager because I'm not on the sales call often. Absolutely. So they need to be driving that more recognition. Is that okay? So yeah, I'm they, to they need to be driving part. the recognition, but man, I would tell you 
the closest that you can be to the heartbeat of the business, the yeah. better, right? Mm -hmm. And sales is the heartbeat, yeah. right? Without sales, the business doesn't move forward. Mm -hmm. And so for me, like, I always want to be involved. Like, I'm not necessarily running the meetings, but man, if I could be popping into meetings, be able to see what's going on, put in a little bit of words from the CEO, a little recognition from the CEO, little, hey man, been noticing you killing it, love what you're doing, right? Like, that goes a long way, right? People yearn, the bigger your company gets, the people yearn for words of approval from the CEO. That is the guy that brings the energy, the hype, and man, he just recognized me for doing a great chief job. Chief energy officer. The chief energy officer, that's, that's right. I'm really happy, bro, that you're really breaking this down because I'm gonna be honest, like I, I know I don't got it together like that, but I don't think no one, I think most cultures are by default. Yes, absolutely, yeah. and most companies don't sell for nine figures. That, 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 that's why I'm listening. That's why I'm like, well, you, you did something right there. Right, right. And, and so, you know, really there, there's, there's a ton more that goes into this culture thing, right? Like, uh, for me, it was focusing on the development of the whole human, right? Mm, that my good. people, my people weren't coming to me for a job or a paycheck. They were coming to change their lives. Mm, right. And so, so like literally from day one, my people knew that I cared more about everything going on in their life than just how they were producing at work, That's right? Good. And so we, so like for me, I know that I can build a culture because, you know, the old adage, culture eats strategy for breakfast, right? Why? Because because ultimately strategy changes. Strategy has to pivot based off of market need, everything, right? Apple didn't start off as the iPhone maker, right? They started off as a computer company that later got into the iPod, that later got into the, the iPhone and the iPad and everything else, right? Like they shifted, they shifted strategy all the time, but the culture is what got them there. The commitment to, you know, incredible innovation and sleekness and everything else. And so for me, it was always... I'm here to build people and whatever product we're ever selling, we'll do a fantastic job at it. Like, I, I mean, we could be selling brooms to the, the housewife or whatever. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like at, at the end of the day, we were there to build people and to cre create an incredible opportunity. So like for me, it was focusing on what I call the P's. Like you got to eat your P's daily, P-E-A-S, your, your physical, your economic, your association, your spirituality. And so when somebody comes and joins my culture, my uh, my opportunity, I'm teaching them how to improve all four of those, mm. right? It's not just your economic. Say the P's again. Phys your, your physical, physical economic, economics. associations, and your spirituality, Break right? Break down the associations part. Associations, too. your relationships, Got right? right? What, what's going on with you, your wife? What's going on with your family? What's going on with your community, okay. right? Everything outside of work because like that's where we derive a ton of joy, a ton of fulfillment. Like if people hate their life at home and come into work, guess what? It's going to, it's going to, flow over into their work. So I teach people how to improve their lives with their spouses and do different things. I, I teach people how to be better stewards of their finances. We would do something called Financial Friday where during lunch on Fridays, people could come in and I would give a 30-minute training on how to improve your finances outside of work. Mm, right? I got to ask, I'm happy. So I was advised not to do this and I'm, I want to... I want to ask somebody who sold the company for nine figures. I got to understand. So I was like, yo, one of the things I want to do on a monthly basis in our company, every single month, we bring someone in different to develop them. Absolutely. So help you with your credit. Yes. Help you first time home buyers Amen. program. Help you with all of these different aspects because my Who advise you not to do that? I had a couple people. I'm like, I don't know how to. Some HR 
I don't, oh, I don't, I don't man. know. But but I was like, I'm like, wait, it sounds right to me. It's like, wait, I have never been in a company out of the times that I worked that I remember where you get on a call once a month, every month. This month, we talk about how to get credit. Next month, maybe business credit. Next month, how to buy for your, your home. So that's okay every Absolutely. Month. You know, you got to let them know, look, I'm not a financial advisor, but this is what works for me. Yeah. Right? Like, this, mm. this, is, this is what happens, you know? And, and, I'm but, doing that. But, but, yeah. outside, but outside of that, like, I mean, we would focus on fitness as a company. We'd be like, hey, listen, everybody, anybody that wants to participate, we're doing a 75 hard or we're doing a, we're doing a body fat Did percentage. anybody complete it? Oh, yeah. That's 75 hard. I've been... I've been Never made it? I've been debating going. I haven't started yet. Oh, I'm man, working on my it. health you now, gotta bro. You got to do it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's incredible Andy's because the, the cool thing is people would join our culture and like not even necessarily participate in certain things. But then like I remember I had a lady 60 years old. She comes up to me. She's like, you know what? I've lost 30 pounds since I've been working here. Wow. You know why? Because I'm just surrounded by people that want to be better physically, right? Like, and it was the culture that we created. And, you know, we would do like competitions in the company where – body fat percentage weight loss where we go and do like a bod pod and anybody enters in and we give away a vacation to the best the best performer within the company. Yeah. We do things that we talk about, like I talk about God all the time. In, you know, people say, hey, avoid politics, avoid, uh, you know, church and every, everything else. Bull crap, man. I'm, I'm here to, I'm here to further people and make them better. Now, I'm not going to force my religion on anybody, yeah. but guess what? When I'm up in front of talking to my whole group, I'm going to talk about my maker. I'm going to talk about my creator. I'm going to talk about as being a believer and why it's so important to have, you know, a spiritual side and be able to connect spiritually and like, you know, and so like that focus from day one. And I let people know that, look, this is a culture of trust, meaning I do not expect loyalty. Mm. So mm. do you, you ever break expect that loyalty? Down to me. Yeah, break that. No, tell, tell mean, me. Tell me what are your what are your thoughts on loyalty in a business? In terms of work, just, I mean, should there be loyalty in business? I mean, it would be nice to have it, nice. but I've understood that I've learned no matter how much I help some people, they'll still leave me. Yeah, and yeah. and you know, what? and that's great, yeah. and and this is why okay. because loyalty only exists in family, right? Mm. Trust exists in a business. Right. And from lo what loyalty is, is when I don't deliver enough value, I still expect you to love me regardless. Mm. Right. If in an employee empl employer relationship, I'm not delivering enough value to my employee, I can't expect them to love me back. Like I can't. Right. It's it's a it's a, an exchange of value, right? And value is most definitely not just money, yeah. right? You got to pay them with culture, opportunity, education, becoming the best version of themselves, mm. right? Like, and, and so what I let my people know all the time, listen, I don't expect you to be here forever. I'd love for you to be here forever, but I do not expect. In fact, if there's ever a better opportunity that, that presents itself, I hope that you take it and then you look back at this opportunity as the foundation for the rest of your life. Mm, that's good. And, and so because of it, we establish trust. And so guess what? How many stars over my five and a half years running that business do you think left? Knowing you, maybe one or two. Zero. All right, that's what I'm saying. Zero, I was zero. saying one or two, meaning right. other companies, I'm sure people are being poached every day. And, and, and here's the thing. They, the stars never left, even though I encouraged them to find that if there was a better opportunity, go and take it. Because what happens is that if people know that that is my approach, 
when a better opportunity potentially presents itself or they're getting poached or recruited or, or whatnot, they're going to come and talk to me about it. They're going to say, hey, Chris, I'm potentially considering this because they know that I'm not going to be pissed. They know that I'm not going to be like, what are you doing looking at this other company? I can't believe you. Are you not loyal? Like, da, 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 da. Yeah, right, yeah. right? That's how a lot of employers expect it. I thought we were family. I yeah. thought I was good to you. I did this. Why on earth would you consider this? They know that I'm going to be like, man, you should take that. That's mm. awesome. And, and then I would ask them, where are we missing that we're no longer providing you enough value for you to stay here? Wow. Right? That's a good question. And, and, and so now I understand, hey, is there a gap that we can fill right now? Right? Like, was it, did we lose trust in some way that there's no longer trust there and value creation on both sides? And, and so that would always give me an opportunity because did potential stars were they ever approached and did they ever think about leaving? Yeah, they did. Yeah. But they'd talk to me mm. every single time. Because what happens in a loyalty culture, which once again, I don't believe in, it's more of actually a slave and owner relationship. You belong to me. There's loyalty, right? I provide for you. I take care of this. You are here to work, whatever. But there's no trust. There's no trust. And so what happens? The way that those, those people, they leave the business. And when does, when does somebody leave in that situation? In the middle of the night. Mm. In the middle of the night. They'll never come and talk to you because there's no trust. There's no... I mean, so like our job is to destroy this like slavery mindset of employers. Like that is so... It's like the worst mindset that could ever exist. Mm. And That's focus good. and focus on this is just a trusting relationship that... I fully expect you to take all the value that you possibly can and build on it for the rest of your life. That's good. And so like, and now you're creating vision of like, man, this is a stepping stone and it could be the rest of your career, but look, we're just going to continue to add value and trust each other until it isn't. Yeah. Right. And, and so man, with, with that, like that is the core to creating a remarkable a remarkable culture, just high level trust. You good at this, brother? Mm -hmm. you, this is mm -hmm. what you do. Yes, this is what that's I do. the form. So you you break down, and I know it's eleven steps. So it's a lot more that I'm going to be digesting and learning. Um, I got to ask you before we go uh, go to. I want to talk about what some things you did to become exit ready, right? Because yes, most people have no clue that they can actually sell their business, and even if they wanted to sell their business. They can't. Nothing is in order for them to sell their business. Yeah, ab absolutely. So I want to I wanna go through, I don't know if you got a framework or a formula. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Being, and I'm talking about, we talking about excellent at a high level. I don't know if, because I secretly acquire small businesses, but we talking about, But yeah, I'm you, sure it's a much different level when you're talking about 100 million and up. Right, 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 right. So, so first of all, you need to be, you need to start with the end in mind from mm -hmm. a standpoint of, I need to design this this business to yeah. sell, right? Yeah. And so when we launched this thing out of my garage, like I knew that we wanted to sell it. And so what that means is keeping clean books, right? Like eliminating personal finances, right? Because a lot of guys that are creating cash, so what So what I, I break it down as, you have your cash cows, which is your hustle, your high level hustle, and then your enterprise value. Enterprise value is what we all want. That's when you can actually sell. You can't sell a hustle, you can't. 
right? So Facts. You, like hustles, like no matter how much money you're making, mm-hmm. 10 million a year, you could make 100 million a year and it could be a high level hustle that Facts. can't be sold. Facts. Right? And, and People so, do it every day. Yes, exactly. So like moving moving beyond beyond the hustle, one, it's got to, you, you have to have structure. Like I said, you got to remove the finances, right? I can't have business expenses going on or personal expenses going on my business. I got to remove that. I got to have a shell corporation that I can have all my personal business expenses yeah. that, are, that, that this business is paying, but you got to keep this clean, right? Yeah. You got to have proper structure. You got to have proper processes. Businesses, entrepreneurs, sorry, investors invest in operations. They do not invest in people. Mm. Okay. And so what I, what I mean, they want good people that are running those operations. So like a good founder and everything else. But if this, if a train hits the founder tomorrow and the business dies, they don't want that, right? Like it's got to be able to survive and create a pro and there has to be processes in place. So that means standard operating procedures. You have to have a proper org chart. That means roles. So what my role, what my title is, my responsibilities, four to seven responsibilities, my, my standard operating procedures that go with every single responsibility. And that could be anywhere from one standard operating procedure to a hundred that go for one responsibility, you know? And so like that's creating the process, creating the proper management structure. Most people don't have good management structure and that's going back to the org chart. You know, you got to go to the rule of management that no one person can manage more than five to eight people. And the higher you go up in the org chart towards the CEO, the less people that's got to be. And, you know, your, your top level management shouldn't be managing more than three to four people, but your lowest level technicians, they should be managing eight people. Mm-hmm. And, and so what, what happens is most org charts look like a horizontal, right? You got one guy managing 100 people or one guy managing 20, and those guys each manage 30 people or whatever, right? And so there's no proper accountability. There's no proper key, perform, key performing indicators or KPIs. Uh, there's no proper dashboards and, and everything that's holding these people Who accountable. Who puts all this together? Are I supposed to do that too? Mm-hmm. Now you can hire people to all do right. it, Who but do guess you, what? Is You're that the, the COO? But, get, is but that guess the, what? You're the architect. Right, right, of course. Right. But because some of the, let me, did you, did you get an MBA? I wish. Dropout, baby. Wow. High school or college? College. Okay. So college dropout. But, all of this, but a huge amount of this came from the failure in those three IPOs, I would imagine. Dude, failure, failure in, in business, learning from these, these other companies, but a love for reading and self-education. Mm. Right? What are your favorite books? Dude, all kinds. So in, in this regard, if we're talking about this exact business right mm. here, we're talking about Traction. We're talking about E-Myth Revisited. And we're talking about, uh, let, me, let me think, uh, habit. Why can't I think of my habit? Atomic habits. Atomic habits. Atomic habits. Um, but E-Myth talks about like structuring and creating proper processes or removing yourself from the brand. Now, that's the other key thing. Like if your brand is your face, that ain't sellable. That that is a high level hustle, my friend, right? And so you've got to be able to completely remove yourself from your brand. Now you can influence the brand, but there's got to be a name that goes with that. It can't be Neo Davis, right? It's got to be it's got to be whatever yeah. your organization company. It's got to be 
the greatness show, yeah. right? And the greatness show has got to be able to have multiple hosts, not just Neo, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so that's the way that you make, that you remove yourself. So like when we first started my business, I knew that ultimately I couldn't be the brand, but initially when you're first starting out, it's okay, right? I was Chris the Solar Guy, right? I was on all the marketing. I was on all the ads. Was, I was on Instagram at the time? Chris the Solar Guy? Uh, no, it, oh. wasn't, it wasn't my Instagram. That sounded like a good ring though. Yeah, but it, but it was, man. When I went to get my hair cut, it was Chris the Solar Guy. It was yeah. like, dude, they everybody knew, right? Like I went and had an interview with the new, they're like, what's your last name? The solar guy, right? Like, and, and, and that's what it, that's what it was for the first two or three years. But I knew that ultimately before we sold, I have to, I had to remove that image and it had to be soul gen power. Yeah. Right. And, and so th- that's like where you have to be able to build towards, but yeah, really at the end of the day, you have no sellable asset until you have a proper management team built out with proper processes and procedures that, that the company can run with or without you independent of any one person. Let me ask you this question. So we talking about proper procedures. Some people are coming in, like just say if I bring a COO in, right? Yep. I've never been a COO. So they're going to come in and create processes. Mm. Once they create processes, are you now document your process and put that in as so your they, SOP? If they want to come in and create, create processes, they need they absolutely need to be documented in SOP and you need to approve them or somebody that lines so perfectly with your vision so so what you have to do as the CEO is you have to create a full customer experience documented this is what i want my whole process from an experience that my customer, my end user goes through. This is how they enter the funnel. This is what they do. This is how I want our people to interact. This is kind of the, the process and procedure, right? And then every everything, that vision needs to be portrayed to anybody that is documenting new, new procedures. And so a new procedure would be like, like for example, if the the desire is like we always take care of the customer no matter what and we're willing to do it at up to a thousand dollars or whatever then they can create a process and a procedure that allows that okay what happens when do you actually give in a concession to a customer at what point uh, do you give a refund at what point do you do this that or the other right and and so but those all have to line up with what your goal in the vision core values and customer experience ultimately are let me ask you who are three of your most who were three to five of of your team members that was instrumental in your exit? Um, I mean, I really talk about the whole management structure. I'm assuming everybody. I mean, yeah. Were, I mean, most, so a CFO is is extremely important. Yeah. Okay. A COO, mm, somebody yeah. that's running the operations. Your CSO, your sales. Yeah. Your CMO, your yeah. marketing. Yeah. Right. And, and then you know, for for me. I, I would say my whole sales staff, yeah. right? Like, and so like being, being involved there, but like just having such a high level of trust with these guys and, and being able to bring in these guys that are way smarter than you and can buy into your vision. Yeah. Do you get on points? Do you? Absolutely. I'm a big believer in sharing the wealth. So when I, when I, uh, sold my business, um, that that day I had eleven other guys become multimillionaires in the in the process. Powerful. Boy. Absolutely. Yeah. So people will will bleed. Your employees, your people will bleed for two things and two things only. Culture 
and a piece of the pie. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in this episode. I hope you're getting extreme amount of value. I want you to go ahead and comment below. Share with me your biggest takeaway. In addition to that, my number one goal is for me to be able to grow all of my social platforms so I can give you info, insight, strategy, and game from every platform there is. So take a minute to follow me on Instagram at Neil DeVee. So same exact name on Twitter, same exact name on TikTok, and follow me on LinkedIn at Nehemiah Davis. I would love for you to be able to be tuned into my articles and everything that I drop relating to helping you get to that next level in your life. Tune in. You know, there's there's a lot of power in employee stock option plan. Phantom equity. Phantom equity. There, there's so many different ways to structure it. For me, I always said, hey, after our first exit, we'll create a 10% pool. And so when we brought on private equity, that was part of the negotiation that, hey, my employees needed to be able to participate in the 10% upside on the next sale. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, so that, and, and the, my people knew that. Right? They knew that I, this is what I was going to be fighting for. And so they were celebrating the day that we exited because they knew that meant that they were going to be participating in the next one. Yeah, which is powerful. How are you identifying who, because you said your employees, did that mean everyone or just like you can't just, hey, Chris, I just started with you three months ago and you're getting a piece of that 10% pie. I mean, you, 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 you absolutely leadership? can. You absolutely can. You just have to have a proper earnout, right? Yeah, and so, 100%. so. So for us, we did it with management and we did it with all of sales. And so, and, and uh, there's a lot of different ways you can structure it. For us, it was a point pool. You earn points by a certain amount of days in a certain position. The higher up in the ladder you are, the more points you gain for every every single day that you're a part of the company. If you're on the upside, You uh, leave, you lose all the points? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> absolutely. So that's also another way that some people are also staying as well. Absolutely. So, so when you talk about like my 11 other guys that were made multimillionaires, these guys were high level management. And a lot of these guys came on and worked with me that had previous experience doing incredible things. Like for example, uh, my CTO, my chief technology officer, he had previously sold an Amazon business for several million dollars. Yeah. We convinced him to come work for us for a $40,000 a year salary with some upside on the back end, wow. right? And so there, and that's the way you draw in incredible talent because once again, guys are willing to bleed for a piece of the pie and a great culture that they really believe in the vision, the direction, the core values and everything else that you're building. That's good. I need to figure that part out then in my company. Like how, how do I give a piece of the pie? Right. How much of the pie should I be given in the actual plans? Not yep. just hey, take equity, but <laughs> right. what's because that got to be built on KPIs as well. Absolutely. So Not most most guys screw anything. most guys screw that up. And yeah. I I had a very I've developed out a very specific pattern and way that I do that. And it was years of experience, years of studying companies. I I currently uh, attend Harvard as part of what's called an owners presidents uh, uh, group. We go Did you there. Tell Marcus about that. I, I think I told Marcus about yeah, it. Yeah, because he said, I'm about to try to sign up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he needs to sign up for it. You, yeah, you, need, to, you need to sign yeah, up. Dude, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Three week, You're there three weeks a year straight, three years in a row. You're with, like, the top, uh, like, owners and presidents throughout the world. Yeah. You learn all kinds of, like, equity structures. So that was I, – I learned this stuff before I went there. Uh, it's 50 grand a year for three years. That's it's nice. dude. It's easy. It's, ne it's negligible. Negligible, yeah. baby. You say I go to Harvard too. Yes, bro. I make and, the money back off and of it, that alone. And it actually gives you alumni status when you're done. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty. <laughs> yeah. I'm like college dropout. Your boy Harvard go alumni. to Harvard. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. 
But yeah, so like I, I learned this stuff over the years, but this is actually what I do now. So now that I've stepped away as the CEO of my business, and then later I had another exit, um, I, I run a company called The Founder Project. And on our very back end, so up front we do like, you know, weekly consulting and, and we do masterminds and all that. But our back end, we actually consult for equity. We actually help structure these type of things, right? We come in, we help you structure your business, your offer, how you incentivize, create your get your business ready to be able to go and scale and exit and really be able to take the real money off the table. And, and the fact is, is like when I exited on my, my first exit, it wasn't even like, had I known what I know now, mm, it'd been more, it would have been three times as much for the same amount. Wow. Like dude, like literally my, so they got a good deal. They got a good deal. And, and they know that at 180 million bucks, they got a good deal. Wow. Yeah, I like, yeah. I like that number, 180. 180 like is pretty yeah. pretty solid. Yeah. And they got a they got a fantastic deal. And and that's the crazy thing is like not knowing can literally cost you 360 million dollars. That's that's how yeah. much it cost me. Your biggest expense in life is what you do not know. Absolutely. So you said not knowing costs you 360 million, million dollars. Absolutely. And so after exiting, my first exit was a year and a half ago. And then I had one in this January in which I knew a lot more and yeah. I took a whole lot more money yeah. from, from that one, yeah. right? And, and so now I train and help founders the things that I didn't know and that I learned along the way and everything else. And so, so yeah, man, that's, that's like where my passion is, yeah. is just helping grow people because, dude, I don't need the money. That's what I say. What keeps you in the game right man, now? What is, keeps, it, is that the passion the piece? It's the a, game, it, yeah. the, the, but more importantly than the game, the people. Yeah, I am a people you, person. As you know, I'm I'm a culture guy. Yeah, right. And for me, the most important thing is to build people. I get it. Like nothing brings me more joy or passion than seeing people grow and build and develop. That goes for my family. That goes for my church. That goes that goes for my business. That goes for people that could I consult with. Like, dude, that jacks me up. Yeah. And it just so happens that I make money doing. Tell, tell me about your hiring process. How extensive is that? Oh, man, we have- Because a, you're not taking on anybody in your I, company. Absolutely not. So we use what's called the DISC analysis. Yep. Uh, are you familiar? I'm familiar. Absolutely. Uh, dominant. Uh, yep, yep. Dominant yeah. influence, yep. Uh, I didn't know steadiness, if, conscientious. Side note, I don't know if you could, as you were talking, I'm like, yo, and you may have, you need to create a culture assessment. Yes. I don't know if that's a thing, but I, as you were talking, like, I wonder if that's a thing, but- no, that's a, that's a good idea. I like. You need it. to create. I that. like the culture, the assessment. culture assessment. You know what I mean? I think that would be powerful. So I'm I'm writing I'm writing a book right now. Uh, it's it's called uh, the Founder's Core, and so it talks about your personal core, which is your P's, and then the the business core, which is you got to keep the fire burning because it's all about energy. The only way you keep fire burning, you got to feed a coal. Culture, offering, accountability, and leadership. Fire. Uh, yes. And, yeah, and I'll so, be buying it. As, let's go, baby. <laughs> let's go. So, dude, we use the DISC assessment. Uh, it's, it's big. Um, Russell Brunson is actually the one that shared it with me when he came to a mastermind in my house yeah. uh, back in 2020. And so about two years in, we started implementing that. And, uh, man. Did you write something in the group? I'm in one of these groups like, hey, guys, I got this mastermind where all these people are coming, the, the deans, the... Two of y'all can come. Well, I'm in a group or something. Maybe I saw you post. Man, maybe like that. maybe you probably saw did me. Did you post. recently have one? Yeah, I did. Yeah, that's I did. What it was. I yeah, but I got another that. one happening in January. I do them okay. every other month now. Okay, perfect. And so I keep them pretty pretty uh, small, twelve people. Yeah. But yeah, you know, I, I've had I've had a mastermind with Russell Brunson, Alex Mosey, you know, yeah. different stuff. But 
But anyways, yeah, I, I was at this mastermind at my house with Alex and a, a few others. Oh, and, that's my guy. So. Dude, he's yeah, such he's a stud. Dude, he's yeah. cool, dude. Uh, but Russell taught us about the disc assessment. I'm like, dude, I need to utilize that. And so we started immediately implementing that in our business, not only to hire, but to better understand our people. So understand ourselves, understand who we're managing. And so that was very much a part of the process. So before you came in for an interview, you had to complete a disc analysis because that thing will tell me more truth than any lies you'll tell me in an interview. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so then typically a two interview process and, but the most important thing really is that disc and disc analysis and then making sure that they're just a, a good fit to our core values and, and everything like that. So, you know, nothing too crazy, but I mean, there was a point in our business where we were hiring a new 25 to 30 people every week. Wow. And, and it was, it was just so crazy that a little bit, man, it was throwing, throwing mud at the wall, man. We were yeah. trying to get as many people in because How we was the turnover with sales. I know, I know you lost no one in your, in your, in your leadership, but what about sales, Dude. bro? We, a re tough we retained 85 to 90% of our sales department. Wow. Is, was this door-to-door sold or No, too? no. Okay. Uh, we, we, did, we did a little bit of door-to-door. -door. It was about 20% of our business, but almost all a virtual sales floor. We had about a 300-man uh, sales floor. Wow. But you said virtual. Virtual. I know you talked about the physical and office. Virtual with the customer. Oh, okay. Got it. Okay. Physically oh, together. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, 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 make sure phys yeah, yeah, physically yeah. together. And, yeah. and so... Uh, but yeah, so our, our turnover, typically in sales, you have about an 80% turnover, yeah. right? You retain about 20% of your top. We had that flipped. We were about 85 to 90%. And, you know, we created incredible opportunities for these guys. Awesome, valuable leads, yeah. great culture. What are things that looking back now, and I know you talked about some mistakes that you, that you have to get better in. Yeah. It sounds like you got everything dialed in, but there's you being a dominant person you are you already probably like i gotta improve this this and that what are those things yeah man uh for for me i need to think bigger believe it or not mm. you know like mm. uh, there's 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 levels to the game yeah right so i attend this harvard program and i feel like a small fish i'm there i'm like yeah man i've had a couple nine-figure exits and meanwhile my roommate's like yeah we did three and a half billion dollars last year and i was wow. like three and a half billion are you dollars. kidding yeah, right. like that's a lot of dollars Crazy. Hey, that's a lot of dollars so man i you know Thinking bigger, being more empathetic. I'm not an empathetic person. Yeah. I'm like, you know, pick it up, put some mud on it, you know, feel a little better, you know, yeah. tape an aspirin no, to I don't, it. No, I don't know, bro. You're empathetic. I can't tell. the co I feel like you got to be empathetic with this culture model that you're bringing You know, and, and the most important thing is surrounding myself with the right people to balance me out, yeah. right? And, and so, like... I'm a high D, high I in the disc assessment. I got to have all the SCs in the world, right? Yeah. Like, because, uh, you know, for me, I like hanging with the Ds and the Is. Like, those are those are the homies. That, that's, yeah. that's, who we're, that's who we're hanging with. But, man, build a great organization. I got to be here. And so, you know, finding more more people that can balance me, um, more balance for, you know, I'm, I'm always, look, well, and, I, and I hate the word balance because time, it's impossible to balance time, but it is possible to balance impact. And so... Impact, I'm always trying to have the most impact with my time. You know, if I only have 15 minutes with my kids, I want to be the most impactful. President, you know, like Jesse Isler talked yeah, about. Yeah, man. And like, be where your feet are. The, the the sad thing is, man, I'm too addicted to this thing, man. You and me both. And, and like, I really, I, I'm really struggling right now. Like, how do I create an incredible social media presence while we're moving the phone? Like, mm. because, like, no matter Somebody how. Somebody got to do it for you. No matter how much you have somebody else do it, yeah. like, 
your stories aren't the same, right? Like, oh, definitely not the stories. You, you, you got to do them. You got to do the stories, 100%. right? And it's like, how do I do the stories with not being addicted to my phone? That's going to be hard. It's hard, yeah, right? Yeah. And so these are these are things that I struggle with, man. The things that, that I battle with. And, and the reality is, is no matter what level you're at, you battle with something. Life doesn't get easier. You just get better at dealing with it, yeah. right? And, and, and so, like, dude, I still have the same weaknesses, the same issues that I'm battling with, the same temptations. I've just gotten better at dealing with them. But but they still cause me pain. They still cause me heartache, man. When I when I see somebody that's let down over whatever reason, it, dude, it, it hurts me, right? Yeah. Like, and so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm striving to, right now, the biggest thing I want is to create as much influence in the world as possible because I have a message yeah. to share with the world. And the reality is, is like, I don't have enough social influence right now to be able to spread it. That's so you why I get on more in front of more people. Dude, in front of more Got people. It. I need sure to, I, I need to be that. on more stages. Yep. I need to be on um, more podcasts. I need to be creating more content, yep. everything like that. It's because like, dude, I've done, I've run the roadmap. I have the nuts and bolts, right? Like, and there's so many people that are out performing me in content that have nothing yeah. when it, when it comes to content. Cause you're, you're, you're bro, just hearing you, bro, just, we normally do 30 minute episodes now where this is an hour just because of the game that you're really giving and just no one i feel you're giving it i don't know if you said it on the stage earlier someone talked about you're not you're teaching what you do it's not just you can talk the talk and walk the walk that's right yeah was, that's right it was something along those lines but yeah basically that yeah man because you know for me like holding back doesn't do anything for me like yeah. Pay me, don't pay me, whatever. Like I, I have something that's going to change lives, and payment comes in way different forms than just cash. Yeah, 100%. you know. And, and so I get paid every time somebody's lives changed. Like yeah. that, that's awesome. Yeah. I want to do this new segment, which you'll be the first person that I do it with. I'm gonna say a, a word or a person's name, and you just give me a word or a phrase that first thing that comes to mind when I say this person. Okay, let's go. All right. Um, and we're going to get started. Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett, consistent. Mm. LeBron James. Not the GOAT. <laughs> okay. No, dude, Le LeBron, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big Jordan fan, but, you know, LeBron, it, you know, endurance at the top, you know? Like, he's, okay. he's consistently been there. Also consistent. Yeah. Sam Walton. Sam Walton, uh, humble, hard worker. Yeah. Elon. Elon, dreamer. Dream. Uh, Apple. Apple, best brand in the world. Mm. Richard Branson. Dude, free thinker. Yeah. Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg, world changer, connector. Yeah. Twitter. <laughs> oh, man, finally conservative. Finally conservative. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, so that's it. Uh, man, Hello. thank you so much for coming on. It was an absolutely incredible show. We're going to do part two someday and go even deeper in the Let's weeds go. on just culture, building businesses, selling businesses, and the art of sales. So let everybody know how they can uh, tap in with you where they can find you. Yeah, you, you bet. So best place, Instagram, at Chris Lee QB, like quarterback. 
And so, you know, I got a podcast, the Founder Podcast. You can find me, Apple, all the different places. Just really pushing uh, the YouTube uh, platform, just building up my subscribers right now. So the Founder Podcast. Uh, yeah, let's get it. Hey, guys, if you're looking at this episode, I want you to stop right now. And I want you to go subscribe to the Founder Podcast. This guy, Chris Lee, on this episode is absolutely crushing it, breaking down all things on culture being exit ready, and just growing yourself professionally to a level that most people will never get to. So again, go subscribe right now to the Founder Podcast. Let's go.